to know the master no matter what the storm is could blow an old eagle down but he's still an eagle amen amen he's still just waiting there flexing his wings waiting for that right moment to just move and launch out into the spirit of God I believe the Lord is doing that here for us today and he's going to help us to catch the wind of the spirit and move up where all things are possible to them that believe Amen. My goodness, so good to have each one of you today, those of you that are listening in. I received this prayer request from Sister Priscilla in India for her daughter Shalom. Sister Shalom or her husband Joshua, they're believers there in India. She got breast cancer some years ago now and been fighting a real battle. She's in a lot of pain today. And I'm asking all the believers everywhere for you just to join with me right now as we pray. And I'm asking the believers there in the home with Sister Shalom to lay hands on her where she's hurting in her side. And let's just believe God right now. Amen. We're sending the word on the wings of this prayer. We're sending deliverance and healing in the name of Jesus. I just received... um, a text uh, actually through through the Facebook connection said brother Tim here in South Africa you prayed for my daughter and she was healed you know I, I believe that was the same one that had the cancer in her body and we sent her prayer cloth and it was the same time sister Lana was healed that day if you remember we sent a prayer cloth for a little little sister there that was also in a terrible battle with cancer. And her husband also was, was a believer and needed a job. God provided. He did the same thing, and God's still God. And he's here to meet the needs of his children. It matters not if we're gathered here in America, and somebody's in India, somewhere in Africa, no matter where they are, the word's the word. We're going to speak today in the realms of the supernatural. We're going to curse that cancer in the name of the Lord. I stand here as God's servant, declaring a gospel that works, that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I want you to agree with me right now as we touch this thing right now in the name of Jesus. Dear God, thou knowest the needs of your children everywhere. There's suffering, sickness everywhere. Lord, we, we hear of them coming in one after another, after another, after another. Lord, it's sometimes almost overwhelming as we hear the needs of your children around the world. But I remember in the scripture that you commanded us as husbands under the apostle Paul, you instructed us not for us to render due benevolence to our wife to show her love and respect and care. Lord, how could you tell us to do that and you don't do the same? You would have to stand by your own word, Lord, and do the same thing. You can't tell us to do one thing and you do another. 
this is your people, Lord. This is the bride of Christ, and they have need, Lord. This is their little daughter, Shalom, that the enemy has struck down. Got a little baby, little Caleb, a husband that she's to be a wife to, a mother and a dad, and uh, precious loved ones all around that are gathered right now praying. And Lord, we are agreeing together right now as the saints of God. And I'm spending this energy for nothing. I'm sending it out in the name of the Lord to rebuke the enemy and command him to take his hands off of God's property. Now, Satan, I adjure you in the name of the Lord. Leave Shalom's body this day. This day. I'm tired of fooling with you. I command you to go in the name of Jesus as I take authority over you as the Son of God and acclaim the blood that was shed at Calvary. In Jesus' name. For God's glory. And for that, we praise the Lord and we thank Him. We thank Him for the Word this morning. We thank Him for the joy of serving Him. We thank Him for the deliverance that we have in Jesus. And we thank God that right now the Word's going forth to bring deliverance around the world to supply the needs of God's people during this time. A wall of fire about God's people that they have nothing to fear. I'm asking, Lord, for the miraculous to be done for Brother Ron this week as he goes back for his test, that he'll find out. He will find out that every bit of it's gone. We are agreeing together as touching this now in the name of the Lord. And we're believing, Lord, that we're going to hear a good report. But regardless of what reports the doctors give, we believe your report is done. And we accept it now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Amen. God bless you. So good to be here today, gathered to, today, and um, here to worship the Lord. We thank you for the worship um, and the praise to God. And, and um, we know the master of the wind, and we know that he's there to, to send the, his wind there to sweep us off of our perch this morning as we feel the winds of the Holy Spirit under our wings to lift us up into heavenly places, into the believer's position in Christ, and also, also um, in the place where all things are possible to them that believe. Amen. So good to see those of you that could come and, and support the meeting. Looking forward to the time when we can all be together again. And I, uh, I am just at the point I am just at the point right now that I'm about to say, forget governments, forget everything else. We're just going to come worship God and let them do whatever they want to do. Amen. But um, you pray that the Lord will give us wisdom, and I can act on wisdom and not my anger, <laughs> my frustration. Amen. But anyway, uh, we're looking to the Lord, and we're expecting him to do great things today. God bless you. Amen. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 is we're going to read from. We, uh, again, will look at this precious part of the Word of God and expect the Lord to speak through the Word today as we look into the truth of the Bible. Uh, Hebrews 11, 1. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, for by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed together, for, were framed by the word of God, so that things which are, were not 
which are seen, but were not made of things which do appear. And then verse 6, for, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Amen. I believe we're some seekers this morning. Amen. We're showing some diligence as we follow him. God bless you. You can be seated. I'm going to be speaking on faith's eternal resting place. And as we look into this, I, of course, believe that we're living in some wonderful times. Just going to share a couple of quotes about that here in a moment. About some things that Brother Branham had to say about what we should, where we should be at this time. But it was on May the 1st, Friday morning, here early in the morning that I woke. And um, I awoke to a prayer line where my grandmother, we called her Mama. She was a dear sainted Christian. Many of you would remember Mama. Um, she passed away in 1989. But Mama was deaf from hoop and cough that she'd had at about two years old. And, and she was deaf all her life. Mama could hear, but you would almost have to yell in her ear. And she still misunderstood a lot. It was really, really uh, uh, difficult, you know, gave complexes other situations because she misunderstood a lot. A lot of things she thought she heard, she didn't hear, and things that, you know, she just got it all twisted up a lot of times with her limited hearing. And I dreamed in this prayer line that she was healed and she could hear a whisper. I could whisper. I whispered right to her and she repeated what I said. And of course, we were, we were rejoicing and, and, and shouting over it. It was wonderful. And of course, I believe this shows a great, my great desire to see a supernatural God at work on the behalf of his people. But I believe it means more than that. I think through the years, the old church could hear, but not clearly. And they have misunderstood a lot. Oh, the messenger spoke plainly enough, but the church has been hard of hearing. Even the message has been misconstrued and misunderstood due to people, even preachers, not hearing what the Spirit was saying to the church. And I just believe before the change, we're going to see a healing in the church the bride of Christ, where she is so sensitive and keen to the Spirit, she will, she will um, hear even his whisper. And, and if any man at that ear, remember this is said to every church age, let him hear what the Spirit said to the church. And I just want to say, may our deaf ears come open and let's hear what the Spirit is saying, hear the Word of God. Brother Branham would say something similar to this in, uh, when he was in one of his last sermons in Shreveport, Louisiana, God's only provided place of worship. He says, I believe the church is beginning to hear the message and beginning to understand it. But friend, listen, we got to lay in the presence of the sun. We got to be ripened. Our faith isn't ripe. Intellectually, we're hearing the message. That God has given us and seeing the signs that he showed us and proved it by the Bible. It's there, but oh, how the church needs to lay in his presence till it tenders up, you know, and gets sweet in the spirit so it can bathe down. So 
Sometimes in the speaking the message, you get harsh. You have to break it in like that because you've got to clench a nail to make it whole. But when the church once gets it, the elected is called out and separated, then in the presence of God, I know it'll be something like the people was there. He's referring to the beyond the curtain of time um, where he said this is divine love, the Holy Ghost. He said it'll be something like the people were there when it takes the rapture. And I, so I, I'm, I just believe it'll be a people more filled with the Spirit of God, with a greater understanding, being able to hear even the whisper of God. And time-tested faith, Brother Branham said that if the church, if the people, if the church would put more faith to work, you'd see more things take place in the church. Pastor might stand on Sunday morning he might stand on Sunday evening or whatever and preach hard on faith and a mighty message. But if the members don't take that message and then start putting it to work, it'll fall right back and the birds of the air will pick it up. See, see, you've got to take it out and put it to work. God wants you to do it. So I believe our faith is to be put into action, not remain a noun as faith, but put into action as a verb, believe. Because that is what we must do. As he said, faith always, uh, an experience accompanies faith. He said, I say to you women here, you got little canary birds that you love, little pets. What good would it do for you to give them vitamins? You know, where, and make big strong bones and fine wings if you keep them in a cage all the time. There's no need of giving vitamins if you're going to keep them in a cage. You don't need vitamins to... Make strong wings. And I say, why, why, why um, give ourselves vitamins if we're going to remain in a cage? A cage of unbelief, a cage of doubt, a cage of fear, or whatever it is that is holding us back. One more quote, um, and then we'll go on into our subject. But in Why Christ Speak, he said, I think any man or woman, boy or girl, I think in an intellectual conception of what they think the word is, and so forth, can never have a full foundation stand until they have met that light that brings that word to a reality. And he said, I think no church in its practice, no matter how intellectual and fundamental it might be, that church cannot thrive until the supernatural is made known among the people. And they can see it, something that they can talk to that will talk back to them that vindicates this written word. And I thought that was all of them, but I had one more as he calls it in this, in um, God of this evil age, but in obedience, this little faith woman that lives by faith, this bride, this person here, there, off somewhere else, some other church, some other denomination, whatever it is, believes the word of God, obedient, waiting in love for the promise of the age to be confirmed. She's watching for it. She's a part of that word. She's watching for her life to manifest that word. Now, I, I pray there will be awakening of our faith. And especially during this time, I think we need more faith than ever. Amen. We, we got to be a people who believe God. As the Bible said, those that know their God shall be strong and shall do exploits. Now, we're going to be speaking today on faith's eternal resting place and, and how that faith is the substance of our hope or what we hope for. 
Faith must be hope's substance. And otherwise, otherwise faith, or, or excuse me, otherwise hope will be an enemy of faith because many times people have hope, but it's not made up of faith. So it's just hope without faith as its substance. But faith is the substance of what is hoped for. Amen. Now, there is something I, I call it sometimes the elusive substance of faith. Substance is material that it's made of. So when we say that faith is a substance of hope, we're saying that your hope must be made up of faith. And that faith, of course, must have its resting place in the Word of God. It cannot just float around everywhere. It must have its resting place in God's Word. Now, did you know you're saved by hope? Hope is your expectation. Um, Romans 8, 24, for we are saved by hope. But hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? But if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. So faith must be the substance of what you are hoping for. The faith for salvation cannot rest upon a church or denomination or otherwise you're lost. You may have a hope in the church and, and that's what your hope is in the salvation there. But they, you cannot put your faith in a church. It's sinking sand. Your faith must rest solid in the word of God. So your faith is upon God's eternal word that you have met God's requirement. Of, the, of complete repentance from your sin, been baptized in his name. And that, my friend, entitles you to the token, the Holy Ghost. So now, Hebrews 11.1, 1, I'm going to read this from the Amplified as we look again. Now, faith is the assurance, or it's the confirmation, or the title deed of the things we hope for, being the proof of things we do not see, and the conviction of the reality. Faith is perceiving as a real fact what is not revealed to the senses. All right? So, so faith is the assurance or our confirmation. And our confirmation, of course, has to be the Word of God. God made a promise. And we believe what God says. And we're accepting His promise as His own. And we believe that we have acted upon His Word for our salvation. I have believed. I have repented. I have been baptized in His name. I'm entitled to the Holy Ghost. And then because of that, I am also entitled to every redemptive blessing that Jesus paid for. So what is the basis of our faith? What is it made of? What is the foundation upon which it rests? Our faith must rest solidly upon the Word of God. Now, faith for your healing must not rest upon hope because a lot of people are hoping it's going to be this way. And this is what you find with a lot of times when we pray and we ask God, we express a lot of hope, but it's not built on faith. Your, your hope must rest upon faith and that faith must have the word of God for an anchor. All right. Now, there's, there's different variations of faith. There is strong faith and there is weak faith. 
And they are dependent on the substance that it's made of. Because, uh, again, um, you know, Brother Branham was given a gift to elevate faith. Because people uh, were, were not putting their faith in the Word of God. They did not know to believe the Word. They did not know the truth of the Word. And that God was a healer, a deliverer. And so, therefore, God would give him signs to, to elevate the person's faith up to a level where that they could be healed. And that's what the gift was for. But now, once the word has been vindicated and we have received the word, it's not that we don't need gifts. Those are additions given to the church to help us to believe. But we still have the word, even though we don't have Brother Branham and the, the Messiah sign and the great gift that were there. We still have the word that says, I am the Lord God that healeth all of thy diseases. So we still have a place to base our faith upon. Now, you know, um, again, Jesus, Jesus said, if you had faith as a grain of mustard seed. Now, mustard seed faith is very, very small faith. But it's a type of faith that if you plant it, you water it, you care for it, it will, it will grow and it will produce fruit. But it takes time. It takes effort. It takes water. It takes care, right? Amen. So it's a mustard seed faith. It will bring you out. It will even move mountains eventually. All right? But many times because that we are limiting God to mustard seed faith, we run out of time before that can grow and mature enough to, to bring us out. All right, so, you know, again, I wanted to share this with you where Brother Branham talks about this and where I think Pentecost failed. He said, I was talking to a doctor. He said, you got an x-ray machine and you can look through the human body. That's wonderful. That's tree of knowledge. That was in the Garden of Eden. Man's been eating from that tree since Eden, but it's got a limitation. Now, we know that. All, everything off the tree of knowledge has limitations. Medicines have limitations. Amen. Everything of the tree of knowledge has its limitation. It runs out. But he said, I, I got the tree of faith of God is unlimited. You can believe as far as science or believe science as far as science can go. But when you can't scientifically search it out anymore, then step off and start believing from then on. And I said, that's the way you have to do it. And you can never exhaust God's love and mercy to you. You say, well, I hate to bother you so much, Father. He wants to be bothered that way. He does. Don't never think you could ever ask too much of God. I believe the scripture said, you have not because you ask not. And you ask not because you believe not. And he wants us to ask and believe that our joys would be full. He wants you to ask abundantly and ask for big things. And he says, don't limit your faith to some little mustard seed. Get on out here with us some other kind of faith and move out to big things. Ask. Big things are just as easy to receive as little things. You just have to believe it, that's all. And you got faith, just know exactly how to use it. It'll be all right. You can put it right to work. It'll be fine. Now, so faith is something that is a necessary ingredient. It is very important. 
the Bible said the just or the righteous shall live by faith. So all righteous people are to live by faith. Christ dwells in our hearts, the Bible said, by faith. Faith gives us access to the grace and the favor of God. So again, you will never get God's favor without faith. Because without faith, it is impossible to please God. And if that's true, then doubt displeases God or turns him away. So God wants us to believe him. He wants us to have a confidence. Faith is confidence that God is going to do what he said he would do. Now, God himself has faith. You see, it's how he made the world. And the law of the spirit of life works according to the law of faith. Faith is a law, and you must work in accordance with it. It's kind of like, just like you would the law of gravity. You can, you can um, uh, see the law of gravity. If you can make it work, well, then it, it can do wonderf- wonderful things for you. But, uh, you know, you, we got a pond just right down the road. We wanted to water here. You know, you can't just stand here and scream and yell, yell you know, at the water. Come down here and water this lawn. Right? But if you could work to, according to the laws of gravity... You could, you could pipe that water right down, right down to, into our yard here and water our yard if necessary, right? But just to stand and yell at it is not going to get it done. Just to pretend, you know, the imaginary that it's happening is not going to get it done. You have to work according to the law of gravity in order to get that done. Same thing with faith. You see, there is a law to faith and the word, and you have to find the key. The key to, to getting that might be different, different other ways, all kinds of different ways to get that water here. There's a key to get it done. There is a key to getting the word to work for you. Are you with me? Now, again, all things are possible to them that believe. So, it is a law. I mean, just like it is possible to get that water over here. May take a lot of effort, may take a lot of work, may take a lot of digging, but we can get it done. Are you with me? Now, the same thing, the law of faith. Faith is a law, and you must work. All things are possible to them that believe. There's nothing nothing limited. Amen? Amen. It's a law. Faith is a law that God himself uses. By faith, God created the world. The word of God is powerful. It can create. Now, everything that we look around and live upon is a creation of the word of God. That shows its power. Brother Bannon would tell us in every present water from the rock, He says, if we're born again of the Spirit of God, God doesn't have little weak parts and big strong parts. He's altogether God. And if you had enough of God in you till it was just barely a shadow, that's enough power to make a new earth. So I want to stop just for a minute. Let's digest what he said. There's enough power in you by having the Holy Spirit in you to go and create a new world. All right? Now, he said there's enough power to make a new moon and a new system. That's a whole solar system. It's 
It's God and it's strong. And right now, and every believer in here that has eternal life, which is God's spirit in you, has enough power that will raise up the dead, that will heal the sick, that sets orbits into conditions. It is con- but it's controlled by law. All right? It's controlled by law. And that spirit that's within you, you, your sons and daughters of God, that same spirit that you got in you will raise yourself up at the last day or at the day of the resurrection. If there wasn't a law to that, sons and daughters of God would create them a world out here and go and live a private life on it. So you have the power to do it. If you got a shadow of the power of God in you, you've got the power to do it. The least touch of God is omnipotence. So there, there is a power within you by the Holy Ghost that is an omnipotent power of God. But you've got to find a way to release that power. Now that's what we're talking about today. The power is in you. You could speak a world into existence and go live on it. Hallelujah. There you are, Brother Branham says. That's the, what power is in the church now. But it's controlled by law. And that law is not keeping a bunch of commandments. It's a law of faith. Jesus said, all things are possible to them that believe. And if you can believe it, now what's the key? Whatever God will lead your soul to believe, that's yours. Amen. Amen. Now, every place that the soles of your feet can set upon by faith, God's given it to you. It's yours. You possess it. If you can find the key to this law of faith that it opens it to you, you see what I mean? That power is controlled by if you're a son or daughter of God, you're a daughter of God, that, that never leaves you. It's with you all the time, but your faith gets away from it, and it's still there. And this is what he's preaching on, the ever-present water from the rock. In this, He said everywhere they went, the rock was there. They needed more water. They, they was never out of water. The rock was there. And you are never out of faith because God is always in your heart. He's always in your life. You are never without power. Now, because he said you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And that power never leaves you. Even in your weak times, even in your, in your difficult times, even when you see things falling apart, the power never leaves you. It's right there, right now, in you to be tapped into and meant to be used for this moment right now. Whatever the crisis is in your life right now. Now, but it's like, it's like a bomb or a grenade. You can hold a grenade in your hand. I never have, but you can hold one in your hand, so I understand, and you, you can, you can uh, keep it in your pocket or keep it in your pack or you keep it in the, in the supplies or wherever, and you can take and hold it in your hand. It's harmless. It won't do anything. has the potential. But the pin has got to be pulled. Once the pin is pulled, you better let it go. Better throw it away as far as you can, right? Amen. So it's like, you see, the Word of God is the same. There is nuclear dynamic power in the Word. But faith is the trigger to unleash that power. 
Now, faith is the spark then that ignites the word. You can have, you could have a gasoline, 50, 50 gallon drum of it. It's got all the energy, all the octane, all the power in it. It's got explosive power. But it doesn't do anything till you put a spark on it. It'll never unleash its power, and that's the word, will never unleash its power without the spark of faith. Now, Hebrews 11:3, through faith we understand the worlds were formed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. So God created the molecules, the atoms, all by faith. He created the sun. He created the whole universe. Faith is the law that controls everything. And God could not have created anything without faith. I want you to understand. Same thing. God cannot create either without faith. So power and attributes and authorities were already there. There was nothing that says that God was created or God would add anything to himself. He can't do that. You see, he says, I am the Lord, and I change not. He says in James 1.17, Every good gift and perfect gift is from above, and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variableness, nor neither shadow of turning. So, so again, God cannot change. He cannot add to himself. He cannot take away from himself. It was already in him to be a Savior, Redeemer, Creator, Father. But it would all have been useless without faith. Faith existed before healing, before creation, before anything. Jesus could not work without faith. All the power of God dwelled within him. How many believes that? But he could do no mighty miracles without the element of faith. Colossians 2 and 9, for in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. So the fullness of the Godhead dwelt in Jesus Christ. That was the same power that slung out the stars and it dwelt in him. And yet he still had to work according to the law of faith. By faith, Jesus raised the dead. By faith, Jesus walked on water. By faith, he turned water into wine. By faith, he looked at the lame at the pool of Bethesda and said, take up your bed and walk. You see, Jesus gave the disciples power to heal the sick and to cast out devils. And, you know, one day they met a devil that they couldn't cast out. You remember that? And, and um, you know, the father come to Jesus and said, well, you know, they've tried to cast out this devil and they can't, your disciples. I brought them to them and, and, and Jesus said, what's wrong with your faith? He said, he said to the man, I can do that if you believe. I can if you believe. Now, if you just stop there for a moment, you've got to realize Jesus cannot heal anybody until they believe. Jesus had faith in what the Word said he was. He was the heir of the Scripture. He said, it's written of me. And through the new birth, we too are heirs and we're joint heirs with him. 
That means that each child of God has his own spiritual genetic code, and in that genetic code is a measure of faith. The Bible said in Romans 12, 3, that God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. So God gave every one of you a portion. Now, where did we get this faith? Well, it's what we are. It's like asking, where does an eagle get its eyes? He inherits that ability, right, by birth. And when you're born again, amen, you have the ability to believe God, to believe his word, to have faith. I'm trying to tell you, faith is, is an ability that comes with your new birth. It makes you able to believe God, to believe his word, to believe it's true. You have the ability in you. Now, Galatians 3.29, we went through this the other day. If we're Christ, then we're Abraham's seed, and we're heirs according to the promise. And that means that the word spoken and given to Abraham and his seed now belongs to us through Christ. Therefore, any word given to the prophets or the apostles of old belong to us as the heirs of the promise. Any word, every word of God belongs to you. This means whether Jeremiah or Isaiah or Ezekiel or Matthew or Mark or Luke or John spoke it, it's as much mine and yours as it was theirs. Are you with me? Now, God's written word, Brother Branham tells us, is no less than God himself. Again, we want to look at this very briefly because I want you to get a real look at your Bible and again see what, how important it is. Because today, many have laid their Bible aside, but God's written word is no less than God himself. And the infallible word of God, Brother Branham said, I, and, and the reason I can rest my faith upon this word is because I believe it to be the Word of God, and then if it is the Word of God, it is God Himself in Word form. And that's, that is now, if that's God Himself, and no man is better than His Word, if I write you a declaration here of something that I'll do, now I'm no better than that Word is. That Word is a part of me. It is my Word. And if this is God's written Word, it can be no less than God Himself because He's obligated to that Word. So remember this, when we look at the Bible, when we look at the Bible, when we look at any promise of God that is in it, it is God himself speaking to you. And if Jesus is an heir to it, so are you. Because we are heir and joint heir with him. So everything that he has, we have. Every word that spoke of him speaks also of us. As Brother Branham would say that masterpiece, the same word that spoke of the groom speaks also of the bride. Because they are bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh. They are, they are one. Again, Brother Branham would tell over and again how that Jesus, when he met the devil, he, he never, he, you know, he, he never used his power he used the Father's written word. He didn't use his gift. He used the word. He said, it's written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. 
So there again, we are to live by faith. We are to live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So this is what our, how we live. This is what we are to live by. The word, faith in the word of God produces the life of God. Now, so he defeated the devil then on the Father's word. Now, then he says, the right mental attitude toward any divine promise of God will bring it to pass. So what, what do you got to do? You got to look at the word and you got to bring your attitude right toward the word in order for it to be brought to pass. Amen. Now, if you can look at it the way God wrote it and accept it in your heart, God will make it become, the word become life. Again, Brother Branham said in 59, he says, um, that he said, just believe him. That's the death stroke to Satan. When a man takes God in his word, brother, that'll kill Satan every time. That's the hardest hit that Satan can get when a man will take God at his word. Yes, sir. Amen. Oh, if I can get you to do that. We pray the prayer of faith. Amen. We, we are now going to take God at his word. Right? Amen. We cast Satan out by the word. That's the way Jesus did it. He used the word. Words will cast out devils. Amen. Words will heal the sick. Words will open up the blind. Amen. I'm trying to tell you, your prayers will work. They are words that comes out of the heart of a believer inspired by the promise of God. And you believe them and put them into action. It's going to work. Amen. Amen. And that's the hardest hit that Satan can get when a man will take God at his word. Amen. As I said, man shall not live by bread alone, Jesus said. Uh, but But every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Now remember. Let's just go back to the scripture that had to do with the forerunner 2,000 years ago when he spoke about Elizabeth and the promise of a baby being born that would be this forerunner. And he says, not one promise of God is empty of power. For nothing is impossible with God. Now let's go back to this. We're in another day of a forerunner. And God repeats this message again to the end time people. And he wants you to know that not one promise of God is empty of power. Nothing is impossible with God. This is what he said to Sarah. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? Now, so when we believe it and we accept God's promises true and true for us, that releases the power that is in it. Let me say it again. When we believe it and accept God's promise is true. Not true that it was, oh yeah, that happened 2,000 years ago and I believe that's right. No, but it's true for you. And when we believe it and accept God's promise is true and true for us, it releases the power that is in it. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. No word from God shall be void of power. For with God, nothing is ever um, shall be impossible. Amplified says, for with God, nothing is ever impossible. No word from God shall be without power or is impossible for fulfillment. So again, it says, they shall lay hands on the sick 
and they shall recover. That's Mark 16. Something we even put into practice this morning in, in our prayer right there. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they what? They shall recover. Now, Satan has twisted the words of the prophet of God by implying that we are beyond laying on hands because that was just a Jewish tradition. Now, I'm going to just deal with this for a moment because I want you to understand uh, this real clear. Because Satan, he, he's a master at twisting the word. And he's twisted the words of the prophet by implying we're we're beyond laying on the hands. We don't do that, in other, in other words, because that was a Jewish tradition. Now, granted, I'm not going to argue with the prophet. It, it was a tradition. But there's nothing wrong with a tradition if it's word-based and scriptural. Amen. Amen. Now, tradition means a belief or a custom, right? So it's a Jewish custom to lay hands. But it's a scriptural one. It's still the custom of the believers to lay hands on the sick. Everywhere in the gospel uh, and in the book of Acts, believers laid their hands on the sick in faith and the sick recovered. And we should expect nothing less. Amen. Amen. Now, the Bible records incidents of faith and laying on the hands. And remember, it didn't say a preacher. It said those that believe, right? So preacher doesn't even have to be there. You mothers in your closet with your children at home or whatever, you got the right to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. These are the believer's promise. And the Bible records incidences of faith and laying on a hand. You know what Jairus' daughter, my daughter lies at the point of death. I pray you come and lay your hands on her. She shall live. Jesus went and took the damsel by the hand and said, Arise, and she arose. Jesus saw a woman bowed over with a spirit of infirmity, and he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was straight and glorified God. He touched the leper, and he was made clean. He touched Peter's mother-in-law, and a fever left. He touched the eyes of blind men and said, According to your faith, be it unto you, and their eyes came open. He put fingers in the ears of the deaf, and he touched the tongue of the dumb, and they were healed. Amen. Amen. Jesus laid hands on the sick. I'm trying to get something to you. The father of Publius lay sick of a fever and a bloody flux, and Paul went in and prayed, laid his hands on him, and healed him. There are incidences all through the book of Acts where men, where the apostles laid hands upon the people, and they received the Holy Ghost. There is nothing wrong with laying on our hands. It is a Bible tradition. It is a custom of the church. Howbeit it was a Jewish custom, it is still our custom. It was passed right on down in the, in the last commission. Now, Brother Branham explained laying on our hands is transmitting faith. All right? Now, the same as transmitting faith by a vision... Is the same that works by transmitting faith by laying on her hands. And proving his word, Brother Branham talked about a woman, said a lady here has got her limb laying on a chair. <laughs> he said, now if Jesus was here uh, and would go and lay his hands on that woman, that limb would get well. There's no doubt about that. We're human beings. 
But he said, you see, we are human beings with dirty hands. His hands are holy. And God vindicated him. He was the word. you believe that? Sure. He had no doubt. He, he would lay hands on her and say, daughter, be well. And she would be well. And then he, but then he commissioned us to do the same thing. And he said, I think he clearly identified it. Now, what if he gave me a vision and tells me of the, and tell this woman something to do and that, well, I, I believe then if I laid my hands upon her, she'd get well. Do you believe that? But what if he didn't give me a vision? What would the vision do? It would only give me faith. Transmitting my faith. Now, watch this. The unseen power of God. I want you to think. Faith is the unseen power of God. Now, if every one of you would die this right this moment, you would, you'd never see you leave your body. All your mental faculties, uh, all of that would leave, but you'd never see it go. The force that makes me think, the force that makes me preach, the force that makes me live and act, the force that can motivate this body would leave it, and you would see, you would, but you wouldn't see the force leave. In other words, you know, there's a force that makes my hand move, a force that makes my, me preach. There's a force. It's a life. If this life would be to leave my body, you wouldn't see it leave. Right? Amen. But it's an unseen force. And he says, so is faith. Now, don't miss this. Faith. Jesus said, they shall lay hands on the sick. Now, see, if I went and had a vision and laid hands on her, I believe she's going to get well because I had the vision. My confidence is in the vision. Now, how many of you out there has had a vision this week? How many of you have had a vision in your whole life? Well, then, there again, you know, how long are you going to wait on your vision? See, you're not gifted in that way to have a vision. So it's not for you to have confidence in you having a vision. But God gave you a vision, and that's his word. And he gave you a commission of something to do, and that's his word. Are you with me? Now, he says, but what about the word lay hands on her with the same faith? He said, now, if I had a vision, I'd have confidence in the vision. But what about the word? Lay hands on her with the same faith. Now, stop for a moment. Did you know Brother Branham said his gift of visions were secondary and the word was first? The visions were only added to the church to supplement, to get you to believe, to see Christ is here. That the word has the power. It wasn't ever the vision that healed you. It's the word that healed you. So he said, now, my confidence is in the vision, but what about the word? Lay hands on her with the same faith. The vision's only given to motivate my faith and your faith. But with the same faith without the vision, it'll work just the same. Some people are given great faith. Some people don't have that kind of faith. They are given visions to give them that faith. And Brother Brandon saying, this is why I'm having to have visions with these people. He says, if they had faith, I wouldn't even have to pray for them. They would, just while the word was go forth, they would believe and receive it. But he said, the vision is to cause your faith to rise. 
Now, church, we have seen sign after sign and thing after thing happen, and, and, and the miraculous has been done to elevate our faith, to cause us to believe that we know this word works. Amen. We can testify it heals the sick. It, it'll, it'll cast out devil. Why, it even raised the dead. Amen. Come on. It opened eyes of the blind. It'll do all kinds of things. I, I just got a, 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 an email from Brother Kalen. Uh, actually, it was a WhatsApp text from Brother Kalen. Probably could be listening in right now. If so, God bless you, Brother Kalen and the saints there in South Africa. But he wrote me and he said, you know, during this time of the COVID thing, he said, I have an uncle who was not a believer. And, and so he was dying, a dying condition, had cancer. And they, they were going to just try a treatment to try to do something for him. But as um, he began to reach out for, to Jesus and turn to the Lord, and his heart was tendered. They began to minister to him by YouTube and so on like that. And he believed on the Lord and he accepted his healing and went back to the doctor and his cancer is gone. Then, he, then his sister, which is Kaylin's aunt, his sister was blind, and, and I believe it was her right eye, and she couldn't see out of that eye. And she says, if God can do that for my brother and heal him, he can heal my eye, and she can read fine print. Amen. Amen. That was not with hands laid on. That was just somebody believing. Amen, that was no special gift. That was somebody just believing. Amen, if we can get your faith to be motivated. Are you with me? Now, if I, you know, you know, you, people say, if I just had great faith, if I was just only able to have a vision, well, I want you to know you have the word. And God's commission is to lay hands on the sick and they shall Recover. Amen. And broken cistern, Brother Branham explains it again this way. He talks about a man who got crushed by a wall and he would have been a supporter of his meeting and he got to thinking about him. He said, you know, if Jesus was here, he said, this man, he's in this situation called a trick of the devil. I want you to understand that's exactly what the problem is right now. Sickness that is going around in the church and the bride around the world is a trick of the devil. Don't you believe that that's God putting something on you? Amen. Amen. If it is, well, then repent of it. Go on. Get rid of that monkey off your back right now so you can receive of that healing that you need, that deliverance you need. It's the will of God to heal his people. Are you with me? But he said, that's a trick of the devil. I said, if Jesus was here, he'd go lay his holy hands on him. And that boy would get well. I don't care if his liver's bursted, he would get well. Because Jesus walked in there knowing exactly who he was. And I want you to know how he says it. Jesus would walk in there knowing exactly who he was. He knew his calling. The scriptures was right. Not a, not a shadow of doubt. He'd lay his hands on him and say, son, be well, and walk out of there. And I said, there isn't enough devils in hell that could have killed that boy then. He would get well. And he was talking to his wife, but said, honey, you know, he was Jesus. That was the holy hands of God, and I'm just a sinner. I was sexual born. My father and mother were sinners, and I'm just no good. But if God would give me a vision, 
If he would go give me a vision and send me down there, it would be different. I'd go lay my hands on him then, and he'd come out of that bed if I had a vision. Then he said, I got to thinking. After all, if it was a vision, what was it? It's the same dirty hands. Same man praying all for him, but the same dirty hands. So I began to think. Now, see, here's what we got to do. You got to have the right mental attitude toward the divine promise, toward who you are. I begin to think, I am his representative. Then God doesn't see me. That blood of that righteous one lays there upon the altar. It makes intercessions for me. He is my sufficiency. He's my prayer. He's my life. And the only thing that would make me put my hands on him with faith is because I had faith in the vision. And without vision, the same faith would do the same thing. So I can recognize, reckon myself nothing but reckon him my all in all. He is my life. He is my commissioner. No denomination sent me. He sent me. Hallelujah. I go in his name. I lay hands on him. I walk down there, laid hands on that boy that night he was in the meeting. Why? Because Brother Branham took the right mental attitude toward the divine promise of God. So you don't never approach, you know, thinking, well, I've just got dirty hands, and what good would it do to lay my human hands on them? We're transmitting faith through the blood because we are his representative. Now, if you will begin to think, greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. You begin to think, he commissioned me. I am his representative. Let me see myself as a blood-bought, blood-cleansed son or daughter of God. Let me see myself that way and walk there then and apply the word, not as a dirty human, but as a son of God, as a child of the king. Now, so you see, Laying on hands is very, very scriptural. The Gentile centurion, we know, he had faith to believe that Jesus could heal without that custom. He didn't require the custom of laying on the hands. So it is a Bible truth that it wasn't all laying on of hands. It was also with the centurion who felt unworthy. For Jesus come to his house and said, Just as I have jurisdiction over the hundred men under my authority, I recognize you have authority and jurisdictions over the spirits of the spirit world. And all I want you to do is just speak the word. Just give the orders and my servant will live. Right? Now, it's that kind of faith that Jesus said, I haven't found in all of Israel. But it will be found in a Gentile bride, people who will speak the word. As many of you, I cannot get to this morning. I cannot physically lay my hands on you. But my words are going out in the realm of the supernatural. And they will not return unto God void because I'm speaking his word. It will accomplish what I sent it to do. If I bind Satan, Satan is bound. If I cast him out, Satan's cast out. Amen. If I speak in his name, heaven represents me and backs me up. Amen. 
Now we are, we are here a people who will speak the word. A people who will, who will agree the word is right. Amen. Under no matter what the circumstances are, we can't, if I was close, I'd lay hands on you. If I'm not close, I'm going to speak the word. We're here, and there must be a a mature church. We've had 50-plus years to grow in wisdom and understanding. Now, we, we, we don't need more teaching. We need to put to work what we have. Amen. Your faith without works is dead. Amen. This was one of the last sermons Brother Branham preached. I'm pretty sure I was there. I was a young boy. I remember wings of a snow white dove better, but pretty sure I was there for this one too. Works is faith expressed. Faith is expressed by works. It must be an action. As Brother Branham said, we've had too much emphasis on the mechanics and not enough on the dynamics. Now, we all know about adoption. We've heard it preached. We've heard it taught. We've heard them speak of how, you know, Brother Branham trying to tell the church, the Pentecostal Azusa movement, you need to grow up. And he talked about adoption where that they took him out into a public place, put a special robe upon a boy that was a child of the family, but he come of age and it was now of the time to be about father's business. And I want to just say to the bride worldwide right now, it's the hour to be about father's business. To know how to write out the check. I don't know if you want to just make a career out of going to school. You know, some of these kids, you see them and they go 8, 10, 12, 15 to make a career out of just going to school. For what? Put your degree to work. Go get you a job. And I want to just say, I mean, we've had message training and message training and schooling and college courses and all of this. And we've got diplomas in the message now. But it's not for, for to decorate your wall with plaques or that you passed this test and you know the thunders and the seals. And you can explain all the mysteries and all of that. It's got to be put to work. But this boy comes to an age, and I want you to know, this is the age of adoption where church comes to maturity. And his name was on the checkbook, was as good as his daddy. And I'm just saying, we need to quit talking about that we're going to be adopted and realize it's a true versus the emotion of Azusa Street, the true the true baptism of the Holy Ghost is your placing, Amen. your adoption, right. placing you in the body as a son of God, as a daughter of God with authority of God. Yeah. And so quit putting something way out yonder that's out of the reach of the believers. The special robe is the Holy Ghost. Your adoption means your position now with authority as a son, not as a juvenile, but as a grown son with authority. And your name is on the checkbook. Now, that's where God is trying to get his church. 
As Brother Branham said it this way, just say to this mountain, be moved, it'll move. Authority, sons of God, the whole creation waiting for the manifestations of the sons of God, waiting to a spot where that sickness will be arise. And it'll be that way, and the blind will receive their sight. And the deaf and dumb, we pray for them now, but then you'll command it. Amen. Didn't say these signs shall follow them that believe they pray for the sick. He said they'll cast out devils. Not I will. They will. Amen. Did you hear what he said? He did. He said we wouldn't just pray for the sick. We'd cast the devil out. We've got to realize sickness is the devil and we are to cast him out. Amen. I'll just pray if it be thy will. It is his will. Amen. If you say to this mountain, if you say to that mountain, be moved and don't doubt in your heart. What we need is adoption. Sons and daughters of God is adopted. I, and I just want to add to that. We need to realize that the Holy Ghost is our adoption. We've been placed, positioned, given power by the Holy Ghost. If you're a believer, the nature of God is in you. How many is believers this morning? Amen. Then the nature of God is in you. The Spirit of God dwells in you as His temple. The power of God is in you. And it is this power of God who heals the sick when hands are laid on them in Jesus' name. As God's offspring, every, every attribute that was in Him is in you. Amen. You can love like He loves. You can forgive like he forgives. You can believe like he believes. You can have faith like he had faith. Before the Holy Ghost came, they only had power by a commission. Remember the disciples? They were commissioned by word from Jesus. They just took his word and wouldn't have done what he said. Right? Just the commission. Let me just say, the commission without the Holy Ghost will cast out devils. Yeah, many will come to me in that, in that day and say, haven't I, haven't I did many mighty works in thy name? He said, I don't even know you. The commission itself without the Holy Ghost is enough to cast out devils. It's happened all the time. What do you think? A drunk man like A.A. Allen could do all the miracles that he did. And cast devils out. He did it by commission. He took the word of God and believed it. That's right. But he didn't have the Holy Ghost. He couldn't live right. Amen. Before the Holy Ghost came, the disciples only had the power by a commission. They didn't have the power yet as a life of God within them. And I'm going to tell you, you are on a different level of faith than the disciples were before they got the Holy Ghost. Amen. You're on a different level. Now, perfect faith, Brother Branham said they had the Word, but the Word was in flesh then. And the Word told them, I give you power. Okay, so the Word gave them power. Jesus the man, as the word of God, gave them power and told them, I give you power. And they had power, but they didn't have faith to operate the word that was 
in them. Do you see what I mean? Jesus had it. He was the Word. He had the faith that what he said would happen. And he said, oh, bring him here. How long will I suffer you? Notice it. They didn't have the faith to operate the Word that was in them. You see, he had faith with his power. How did he? He said, I can do nothing of myself. Now, isn't that what Brother Branham had to come to a while ago when he said, these dirty hands? There's nothing. We can't heal anybody. You know the human, the human part, but we're, church, we got to get past the thought that we're just human. And begin to realize if we have the Holy Ghost, there's deity on the inside of us. God lives here. We are the temple of the living God's dwelling place. And as sons of God, we have a position and a power and authority that we don't as a human. Amen. Now, so Jesus said, I can do nothing in myself. He relied on what he was. He relied in knowing he was the word. He had faith in the Word, or in God who made him the Word. He was God, the Word, and they uh, was in him. And that gave him faith because he understood his position. So in other words, here again, what will give you faith? Understanding your position. I am a blood-bought, blood-washed. Son or daughter of the living God, I'm a part of his bride. I'm a part of his body. I have been given the authority. I know who I am. I am adopted. Get rid of all the negative. Amen. Amen. Quit looking at yourself. Oh, I'm just, it's just a human. It's just another man laying his hands on me. No, it's God's word that is going to flow through a human vessel. Amen. An unseen power. That is going to move out and it'll cast that devil out. You may not see it leave. You may not feel it leave. But it's going. It's leaving. It's got to go. It's bound in the name of Jesus. Now, Jesus, you see, he knew who he was. Whether he's on Mount Transfiguration, whether he's in the wilderness of temptation, he knew who he was. He relied, listen, Brother Branham, he relied upon what God made him. And if he did that, then can't we rely upon what God made us as believers? These signs shall follow them that believe. He had faith in what he was. And if you're a believer, have faith in what you are. You are a believer. And if you got faith in God, the Bible said, if our hearts condemn us not, then we, have, we can't have, or if our hearts condemn us, then we can't have faith. If our hearts condemn us, don't condemn us, then we can have faith. We have confidence toward God, 1 John 3, 21. But now he said the only thing you have to do is have faith in what you are. Have faith, now watch, in what the Word said you are. I am a son of God because the Word said I am. I am a child of God. I am his representative. I am his ambassador because God said I am. I have the authority because Jesus told me to go do it. And it's more than dirty hands. I've been washed by the blood. He cannot see dirty hands. He don't see me as a human. He sees me as his son. And his son is speaking. 
with the authority given to him. And when he does, devils start falling from heaven, from lofty positions where they're standing there trying to hold back the promise of God. And Satan begins to fall like lightning from heaven. When a son or daughter of God starts believing and starts confessing the word, Satan is on his way down. Now, Jesus knew who he was in the scripture. So his faith made him act upon the scripture pertaining to his own life. This is the same thing. We are to act upon the scriptures that pertain to us. Jesus said, destroy this temple, I'll raise it up again in three days. Right? Amen. That was, that, that was what the Bible said. That was what the Word said. Jesus took that. He knew that was his destiny. Amen. Do you know what your destiny is? Your destiny is a rapture. Your destiny, amen, is a change of your body. Your destiny is for you to be healed, delivered. Come on, look at your destiny. Maybe fear was trying to stop Jesus, you know, and whispering in his ear, but they're trying to kill you. You know, it's a matter, it's amazing to me. We can sure hear the devil whisper when we can't hear God whisper. We need to tune that other voice out. Tune in the voice of God. Now, Jesus had scripture to base it on. The book of Psalms said, I'll not let my Holy One see corruption. But it didn't say Jesus Christ. Come on. Listen, Malachi 4 did not say William Branham. Acts 2.38 didn't say Justin Ware. He didn't put your name in there. You had to put your name in there. And you believe if you do what he said. You know, Isaiah 53, if you could just put your name there. He was wounded for my transgressions, bruised for my iniquity. The chastisement of my peace was on him, and with his stripes, I am healed. Put your name in that scripture. This is what Jesus did. He saw himself in that word. Now, he also saw himself in what some call a backslidden prophet. Now, he didn't see himself as a backslidden prophet, Jonah. He saw himself as one who would go into the belly of the earth and come out in three days. Right? Amen. Jonah, Jonah he looked there and he said, as Jonah in the belly was in the belly of the well. But I want you to know you can also see yourself in Jonah. Yeah. You can also see yourself in Jonah. You can see yourself in Abraham. Let me share this little quote. Like Abraham, who called those things which were not as though they were. He took God at his word, believing he was able to perform what he promised. The trouble of it is with the church today, we come with hope instead of faith. Faith is positive. Faith needs no booster. Faith knows what it's talking about. Faith is strong. Faith has hairs on its chest. It speaks and the rest of them shut up. Symptoms cannot speak at all when real godly faith speaks. It's got the floor. It knows where it's at. It's had an experience. This is why Brother Branham would get them in in the prayer line and start raising their faith. If they could get his faith raised, it would have muscles and hair on his chest and would throw off the sickness. The demons would begin to leave when the people started believing. Amen. 
This is why after miracle sign, wonder, well, discernment, whatever, and he said it's all getting milky and white around here. I see it. You know, it's faith that is coming in. Satan, you are defeated. Get up out of your wheelchairs. Get up out of your cots. Get up. The devil is defeated everywhere because faith is in the building. And I want you to know faith is in the building of this bride. Hallelujah. She is a faith woman. And faith is rising in her to cast out Satan. He says, when I hear people say of their symptoms, I think of Jonah. If there was any man who could have a right to complain about symptoms, it would have been Jonah. We would think him to be backslid because he was out of the will of God when he had, when he had failed to do what God told him to do. But then, then he had his hands tied behind his back. He was in the belly of a fish. He was out on a stormy ocean with a big tornado on the top of the ocean. In the belly of the whale with seaweeds around his neck and vomit. And if you look this way, it was well, whale's belly. Every way he looked, it was whale's belly. You talk about symptoms, he had them. There is no one here tonight in that condition. Amen. But now I want you to get this. Jonah didn't just have emotion. You see, Brother Branham said, I see him come on the prayer line, on the platform. They jump up and down and scream. Oh, Brother Branham, I, I got all the faith in the world. He said, well, what are you doing up here then? That's emotion and not faith. Genuine faith knows no defeat. Say, so brother, then why do we have prayer lines? To combine our faith, to unite, to cause faith to, to rise to a level that as I pray or minister prays or whoever prays, they lay hands on the sick. We're doing what God's word. We are elevating our faith. Amen. And it's your faith that's going to heal you. But he said, genuine faith knows no defeat. It's already done. It's already over. God said so. That finishes. You see, God said so. Now, it's the same thing anytime. When you really believe it, that touches him. You see, when, you know, listen, we talk about laying hands on Jesus, laying hands on the sick. There was countless of times, not just the one woman. We, we talk about the one woman that got a hold of the hem of his garment. That, that's, that's only one occasion. There was multitudes that he would walk through that would reach to try to get just the hem of his garment and would be healed. They touched him with their faith. And the thing about it is, they, you may not physically be able to touch him today, but you can still touch him with your faith. Now, when you really believe that, it touches him. That's why the Bible said he's a high priest that can be touched. You can't physically do it, but your faith can touch him. And when you do, it works on your behalf. You find favor with God when you believe him. Right? All right, so the little woman touched his garment and said, if I could only touch his garment, I'll be made whole. She did it. She carried that out, what her faith wanted her to do, touch it. He felt it. See, he turned around and spoke to her. Now, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. If you'll just only believe Christ, believe. Let your faith touch his garment. And he's right now is a high priest that can be touched by the feelings of our infirmities. We know that. He's the same. If he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, he'll have to act today as he did yesterday if he's still the same high priest. Now, won't you believe it? Just have faith in God. 
Now remember, I want you to remember, every time we talk about Jesus, realize he is the revelation of the will of God. Jesus is the revelation of God's mercy. He became the perpetuation, the mercy seat for our sins and our sickness. Here in this last age, what delights the heart of God is a people who will believe him and take God at his word. This is what gives you favor above all people. Amen. Because you will believe when others won't. And we will do unlike Adam did in a sinless, pristine environment. But where every thought is warred against. We're here in Satan's Eden and believe in God's word. And we are seeing his miracles. Right here we are born in Satan's kingdom. Amen. We were born as his slave. We were under his grip. We were filled with unbelief. But by grace, we've thrown it off. Amen. We've thrown off the yoke of Satan and, and we stand right now in his territory. I want you to know his territory, Satan's Eden. And we're advancing with the sword of faith. And we're quenching the fiery darts of the wicked. And the word is a sharp two-edged sword, but you'll never know its power to save you until as long as you don't have a hand of faith to use it. Otherwise, it's perfectly dormant. The power there is useless unless, unless we let it loose. I want you to know we're in a battle. And I am with you in this battle. Amen. I am God's son. I am robed with the Holy Ghost with a holy boldness. That can cast Satan out. Amen. And go before the throne at any time. Hear me. Amen. I am equipped. I'm empowered. I've been given authority as an adopted son. Having a full status of sonship. And I'm fully authorized to use the name of Jesus Christ for any need at any time. Amen. And we believe. We are believers. Amen. We have been trained for moments like this. And I tell you, what we're in right now is not a drill. This is a real battle. And I'm announcing we will win. Hallelujah. Because faith knows no defeat. And we have been turned back to faith in this day. And faith is the confidence. It's the title deed to the word that the word belongs to you. Amen. Faith is a complete trust and confidence in God and his word that it cannot lie. Faith is a complete trust that God will do what he said he would do. Faith is having confidence that God will keep his word and his promise to you. Amen. You must accept as true that he is the I am. He that believeth to God must believe that he is. That's present tense. Not the I will or the will I was, but the I am. Except you believe I'm, I'm the I am, you will die in your sins. Right? The angel told Brother Branham to remember, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Let's not forget that. Hebrews eleven six. But without faith, it is impossible to please God or please him. He that cometh to God must believe that he is. And that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So we are, ask, we are to ask in faith. We, with firm trust we're, and complete confidence. James 1 and 6 says, let him ask in faith. 
nothing wavering. For he that wavers is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think he shall receive anything of the Lord. So you see, we cannot come wavering. We got to ask in faith, nothing wavering. This is why faith seems to be so elusive. Because we can't believe. Let me just say it. We just can't believe unless our symptoms are gone. And that's the problem. We're trying to believe that something isn't so and we know is not really the truth. Because your symptoms are still there and you're trying to say, I don't have them. And you know you do. So you think faith is make-believing that the symptoms are not there. That's not faith. That's imaginations. If the doctor said you got cancer, don't imagine you don't, you got it. Amen. Whatever. If you got pain, you can't just pretend, I don't have no pain. Praise God, God healed me. No, you got pain, but God did heal you. Amen. So you think, some people think faith is make-believing Pretending that the symptoms are not there. That's not faith. Faith considers what God's word said. When we are saying, when we are saying that your symptoms are lying to you, we're not saying your pain isn't screaming louder than it ever was, and you and, and that you're just saying, I ain't got no pain. Faith is not saying you don't have it. Faith is saying God's word is true. Amen. That's where faith is. Faith is not saying, oh, I, not, I don't have no symptoms no more. Faith is not saying I am denying symptoms that I don't have. Faith is saying God's word is true and by his stripes I am healed. That's faith. The other is imagination, our hope. I'm hoping it'll go away by saying this. You know, listen, the Bible said in Romans 4, 19, being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead. Now, this body was dead, but he wasn't considering that. And when he was about 100 years old, neither the deadness of Sarah's womb, and he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded what he had promised, he was able to perform. He was not fully persuaded yet that Sarah was young and he was young. He was fully persuaded that what God said, he was going to do it. He gave me a word and God's going to do it. He gave me a word and God's going to do it. But I got symptoms. I'm not considering the symptoms. I'm considering what God's word said. Yes, we have the symptoms. You know, she, she's uh, many years past menopause. All of these other symptoms. She's still old. She's still this. I'm old. We're past barren. I'm not considering that. I'm considering God's word. Faith is the evidence of what we hope for. Our, our evidence of what we are hoping for is not that our symptoms are gone, 
but rather that God's word is true. Faith in the word is our evidence. Now, so faith in the word is the evidence of things hoped for. Our faith is in a God that cannot lie or repent, and he can't go back on his word. Come on, somebody. Numbers 23, 19. God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said, and shall he not make it good? Or hath he spoken, and shall he not make it good? So you see, faith, the Bible said, worketh by love. Galatians 5 and 6, faith worketh by love. It works by love. When you love God, you believe God. This is how we show our love for God. Everybody says, I love you, Jesus, and you don't believe him. We show our love by our faith. Amen. It's kind of like if you were going to marry a girl, and you'd have to have faith in her. Going to marry a man, you'd have to have faith in him. Because, you see, your love has got to be based on something, right? Amen. And, it, and that would be the, uh, the only solid resting place for faith is on God's Word. So, you see, it must be placed in the Word first. And that's through uh, every ages, you know, where that when people could really find the Word of God and could grasp it, faith went into action. If you can look in the Bible and say, by his stripes I'm healed, and grasp that, faith will go into action to make it work. Amen. Amen. Now, that's where faith puts its resting place on the Word of God. Now, Satan is right there. He's right there trying to hover over you, trying to get you to doubt and disbelieve and, and bring in all of these symptoms, other these problems, everything else, and what the doctor said and reminding you every step and, and whatever else. But if something comes in your heart and says, God's word is so, it is the truth. By his stripes I'm healed. That faith has no reasoning. You can't reason it by what the doctor said or that they gave up on you. Amen. You're taking what God's word said. And even right now, you know, Brother Benham said, a man, when, he, when a man's preaching the gospel, he said, you know, as he does it, he said, he, he cast away the evil spirit that is keeping people from believing. That's why so many are healed when the word goes forth because the spirit leaves them and they begin to look at the word as the promise. And that's what I'm trying to get you today because if I can get you to believe, that devil's going to leave you. I don't care what it is. Whether it's a homosexual devil, whether it's a perverted spirit, whether it's a cancer, whatever it is, it'll leave you. Amen. Amen. But our faith has to rest on the Word of God. Faith has got, has stands in such a great place in the Christian, the believer's life. Faith can stand. Now listen, here's what faith can do. It can look and stand by a muddy grave or over a casket of a precious baby or sweetheart that's passed beyond this life. And with the stern look of an eagle eye, I can look and say, look to him and say, I am the resurrection and the life. And they forget the things are past and they keep pressing on. I was talking to a little, little lady here the other day. You know, she's a new, new widow and she's crying and grieving. And, and that's, not, that's normal and right for us to, to, when we suffer loss, to experience grief. 
But we got to look at the promise and realize we got a destiny and we got something to fulfill. We got a place to fulfill in life. And we want to fulfill that destiny. And, 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 and God knows, of course, well, what our destiny is and where, where the place is. And I'm going to be here. I'm going to be fighting against the enemy as long as I've got breath in my body and standing for truth and for righteousness and doing right and lifting the load up of somebody else. I'm not going to quit. And this is the way that you've got to look. You've got to say, I've got a purpose here. I have a reason here. And because while I'm here, I'm going to do everything I can to fulfill that reason and purpose in life. Now, unbelief relies on reason, present-day things. Faith don't rely on that. Faith looks on the Word. Faith places itself in an unmovable rock of God's eternal Word. Faith doesn't look at reason. I don't care how much you show your reasoning is better. If the word says no, faith rests right there. That's the sanctuary of faith's resting place. So we have hope. We are saved by hope. Paul would say of Abraham, against hope. When hope was gone. When the hope, hope went south, went the wrong way. Are you with me? When it went the wrong direction, when faith went the wrong, when hope went the wrong direction, faith kept believing. And the hope that it believed in was the Word of God. And that's where your faith has got to rest in God's eternal Word. I'm not giving up. I'm standing right there on the promise. It is mine. Amen. Faith finds its sanctuary of rest in the Word of God. So then let the storm shake. Let, let the reasoning come. We rest right there in that word because that's where real, genuine faith rests. It is a resting place in the word of God. Amen. For it knows that God will every time prove himself superior over the enemy. No matter how bad it looks, he will come right in. Amen. No matter how reasoning says, look how you're defeated, faith still knows God's word is true. And when you catch faith that you're going to be healed, every circumstance, everything, all signs, all symptoms that can point to your dying, you'll never move. You'll stand right there. It's resting place. It's sanctuary. It's in the Word of God. And genuine faith rests itself right there. Amen. Amen. I'm going to believe with all of my heart. Amen. There it is. Now, I'm coming down to close. Go ahead and bring the musicians. That will help me. There can be mighty manifestations. And sometimes you may feel the Spirit of God pouring through your body, making it whole. And other times you may feel nothing. It makes no difference whether you have a feeling I want to say the Word of God is superior to your feeling. It is written, they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. The Word is always true. Where the feelings come or not, healing always comes. For He heals all diseases. Is that the Bible? So we don't expect some type of feeling or sensation when we're prayed for. We expect healing. 
And people are looking for the wrong thing. They're looking for, well, I didn't feel it, so maybe this time I'll come again. I'll feel it this time. Or sensation. Don't do, don't do that. Expect healing. Because you can be healed by the power of God and never feel anything. Others may feel a great surge of God's healing power, a heat or coolness or shock, like a current of electricity. But let me tell you, don't expect feeling. Expect healing. Amen. Healing is your salvation on the flesh realm. And when the sick learn to base their faith on the Word of God exclusively, that's when they will have won the victory. When you realize God's Word is true and that He can't lie, then it becomes true to you that nothing in the realm of feeling can never separate you from the Word of God. But as long as you're talking in terms of how you feel, and go by your, your feelings. You have not yet understand, understood what having faith in the Word of God is. You've got to quit going by feelings. Go by what the Word said. Our faith is not resting in how we feel. There are days that maybe you don't feel particularly saved. You don't go on your feelings. You go on what the word says. And you keep plodding on. You don't doubt. You don't question. I did. I met your requirements. I did what you told me to. Now then Lord I'm going to believe you with all my heart. And I'm going to see changes come into my life. Things fall off. Me walk with you. Same thing. Same thing on the, on the flesh realm. I need healing. I'm not looking what I see. I'm looking what the Word said. Now the Word says, by His stripes I'm healed. I'm taking God at His Word. And all of these feelings, symptoms, and all of them, one by one, they'll just fall off as I just walk toward a perfectly healed person into that vision. God wants to heal you. God wants to deliver you. God wants you to faith, though, to be placed in the eternal word. Not because Brother Tim lays hands on you. Not because a certain preacher prayed the prayer of faith. But because God's word said it. And he can't lie. Do you believe that? Then let's, believe, let's pray together then. Lord Jesus. We look to you, Lord. I'm reaching out to you today, Lord. I know your harm is not too short, and it can, but it can reach me too. I'm looking to you now. Lord, we declared your word today that faith is the substance of our hope. Lord, and our faith is resting on the eternal word of God. We're believing, Lord, right now for your children. There are many that are sick in their body. There are many of them with cancers and diseases. There are those that are listening to me right now that's got grievous needs. And they're trying to believe with all their heart. But they're trying to believe their symptoms are gone. And when they need to look at the word and say, his word is true. And I believe what his word said. And I'm anchoring my faith. In that haven of rest right now. 
I'm putting my hope right there. Father, I remember one day going into a hospital room. I remember a man was laying there dying, had been there in that condition for three weeks, getting worse and worse and weaker and weaker. Demons come into his room. His testimony was, it seemed like his, his faith was like an anchor. And it was hitting the bottom, but it just couldn't grab a hold. It just was bouncing along on the bottom of the stormy, of, of the, of the stormy sea and the storm and couldn't hold. But that day as we stood there with him and prayed... And he come to that depth of sincerity in his heart and began to reveal what was there in his heart and, and his motives of his soul. There in that moment, his faith took an anchor. I remember that day with Brother Gary Stanky. You gave me the permission, the authority to cast Satan out. And today, Lord, I'm praying in the name of Jesus. For those whose faith has been bouncing along, trying to grab at this and grab at that and grab at what the doctor said and grab at this hope that, and grab at this medicine or grab that this is going to happen or grab here. May today it grab into the word. And they see, by his stripes, I am healed. May they anchor their soul there today, Lord. I ask it in the name of Jesus. Do it for them, Father. I rebuke the enemy. I've declared, Lord, who I am. And I declare that based on what you said I am. I'm only repeating what you said. You declared that we're the sons of God. You put it in your word that we're heirs of the promise. And I've acted on it. And now I command the devil to take his hands off of God's property everywhere. While we are praying this prayer, we bind Satan and his powers the spirits of fear and torment and unbelief that has got a hold of God's people, you leave them now. I'm tired of you, Satan. I've had enough of you. You've tormented God's people long enough. And today we come against you in the name of Jesus Christ and bind your power and cast you out in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Stand together with me. I'm reaching out to you, dear Lord. I'm reaching out to you. I'm reaching out to you, dear Lord. I'm reaching out to you. I know your arm is not too short, and it can reach me too. And as I pray and I press my way into your kingdom, I'll grow to be more like you just by reaching out to you. I'm reaching out to you, dear Lord. I'm reaching out to you. I know your arm is not too short, and it can reach me too. my way into your kingdom's truth. I'll grow 
to be more like you just by reaching out Draw me, Jesus. 
God bless you. Dismiss in Jesus.